You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio episode number, Brandon? 173, Jimmy. Brandon Lee Gowton, that is. That's Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. The Eagles have kicked off their, well, the NFL has kicked off their free agency period, start of the new league year. As expected, the Eagles have not been uh, super active, but they did make one uh, pretty notable signing in Anthony Harris. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, in BGN Radio episode number, again, what was it, Brandon? 173. We will be getting to the Eagles' gains, losses, rumors, etc. We'll look at the NFC East a little bit uh, and what they've done, and then we'll talk a little bit about the um, the press conferences held by Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, and uh, most interesting, in my, in my opinion, uh, Carson Wentz, who had his introductory press conference, and then also... Did sort of a, I wouldn't call it long form, it didn't go super long, but went long enough, uh, interview with uh, Pat McAfee. So uh, we'll get to all that. Brandon, do you have a word from one of our sponsors to begin? Of course, BGN Radio, which is late this week because, look, the Eagles weren't doing anything for a while. <laughs> right. So a uh, little bit of a delay, but here we are, and we are brought to you, of course, by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can go to RightsFelon.com, use discount code BGN15 and get 15% off. And I don't know if you can feed it to dogs, but Charlie... He, that's uh, why he barked. He got excited when he when he heard beef jerky. He did. And at the very least, he can watch you eat it. Uh, or your dog can watch you eat it. So go try it out. All right. Uh, Eagles free agency news. First, we'll get to... I guess, first of all, we'll note that all the uh, major action in terms of losses and gains have <laughs> centered around the safety position, which is kind of funny. To me, uh, the first thing that happened was they lost Jalen Mills on day one of free agency. Had heavy interest. Look at Jalen Mills go. Goes to the New England Patriots on a four-year deal worth, I think it was, what, $24 million? So he gets $6 million a year. Uh, he will qualify in the compensatory pick formula most likely at the fifth-round level. So we'll see if the Eagles wind up with a pick for him eventually. But uh, Jalen Mills, in my opinion... Uh, a, I think he'll over time he'll be remembered. At, maybe that is he'll be maybe not remembered as a great eagle, but I think over time, like he'll, what he did in Philadelphia, will become more appreciated. Uh, it's a guy that like sort of they gave him more responsibility than he probably should have had over his career in Philadelphia, being the number one corner, oftentimes you know covering the best receiver on the other team, then he gets put into sort of the Malcolm Jenkins role uh, at the safety position. Again, that may have been a little bit over his head, uh, but always gave uh, everything he had. So personally, I wish uh, Jalen Mills the best. And then, of course, the Eagles signed Anthony Harris and uh, from the from the Vikings 
and uh, Andrew Adams, uh, previously of the Giants, and oh, I'm already forgetting where he... Oh, Buccaneers, Jimmy. Buccaneers, right. He won the right. Super Bowl. He played like, like four snaps, all, or he had two tackles like, all season. Uh, yeah, very low snap count. So anyway, those are the first, uh, you know, those, those are the major moves that they made. What is your thought initially uh, on the Anthony Harris signing, Brandon? Uh, oh, I agree with you first on Jalen Mills, and uh, okay. I like Jalen Mills, and uh, it's had to see him go. Um, really did not expect him to get signed that early in free agency to such a to such a deal. I mean, there was pretty much you know no interest in him. It seemed like last year. I think he's going to go up to New England and kind of play that uh, Patrick Trung role. We'll see if he has the same kind of. He success has his number that... too. He's twenty three. Well, there you go. Um, uh, you asked me about what Anthony Harris though. I already lost track. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, one more thing on Mills, too. Like, objectively, one of the rare, very good draft picks that the Eagles made getting him in the seventh round. Like, he had character concerns coming out of LSU. And uh, in his time in Philadelphia, those did not – like, he was – like, his character was outstanding. Because, <laughs> like, he – again, like I said, he always gave everything he had. And uh, I think he, you know, um, was a good influence in the locker room. And, um, yeah, again, like you said, uh, I, I will miss his presence uh, on this team. Uh, so, yes, uh, I asked you about Anthony Harris, who comes aboard to the Eagles on a one-year deal worth uh, reportedly $5 million. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of excitement about this signing, in part because the Eagles didn't do anything. So it was finally exciting <laughs> right. to see them make a significant move. Um, I am not, I feel like, as excited, Jimmy, as the consensus is. Now, that's not to say I hate the move. Um, I think there are pros to this. You look at how this has been like an elite cover guy when healthy um, the past couple seasons before this one. Uh, if he walks next year, it's a, or it's a one-year deal. So, you know, if he stinks, then you're not committed to him. If he walks next year, you might be able to comp pick potentially. Uh, he definitely feels a short-term need because they basically had – like nothing in the yeah. turn, in the way of proven options You'd on be the roster. Like Marcus Epps and Kayvon Wallace as the projected starters before they signed him. And then obviously Rodney McLeod, we're expecting him to potentially start the season on the pup mm-hmm. list. Could be, I, I mean, at the very least, I don't think he's playing week one. Um, so they definitely had a need at that position. He can help groom the young guys potentially. Um, he's been durable in the NFL, hasn't really missed a lot of games. He had a torn labrum back in his senior season, which actually I think caused him in part to be undrafted. So there's an injury injury history, injury history looking way back, um, but not so much recently. Now, those are the pros to me. The cons I will get to that I've written down here are the age, Jimmy. <laughs> he turns 30 in October. This isn't a long-term piece. I don't love that. Or maybe he can be, but it's not definitely one. It's not one. It's not a guy in his 20s, the kind of guys we've been talking about in free agency, where, okay, you sign a guy, and maybe he can be this long-term fixture for you. And I think the Eagles need to be you know, focusing on that, where they are, and they're, quote-unquote, retooling phase. Uh, so I'm worried about that. I'm also worried about Anthony Harris kind of coming off a down year in Minnesota. Uh, you look at his uh, passer rating when targeted, it was 118.1 last year. That's way down from 44.2 in 2019 and 58.1 in 2018. And now I know, uh, I talked to you about this before the pod, he had a 8.8 missed tackle percentage last year, which is his career worst. It's not horrible. It's, it's, it relatively. was the worst of his career, as you said, but not that like compared to other defensive backs, it's really not that bad. That's around. That's near the average. But he's been he's been a better tackler in previous seasons. 
And then I was looking back at what Daily Norseman, our associates, you know, from Minnesota Vikings SB Nation blog, had to say at the end of the season last year. They tweeted this out on January third, so I guess week seventeen. They were like, "This is an exact quote." I mean, you can criticize Rick Spielman for a lot of things, but not giving Anthony Harris a long-term deal is looking like a pretty solid move. So definitely took a step back last year. Um, kind of just makes me wonder. It kind of makes me like think back to the Darius Slay trade. Not exactly the same situation, but I wonder uh, if the Eagles are kind of just taking a chance here on a player who might be on headed down. Um, I think there's optimism he can bounce back, considering the Vikings' defense kind of just fell apart last year. The pass rush wasn't good, and maybe you know you get him into a, a better supporting system that the Eagles might have here, and he'll rebound. Uh, there's upside, I think, but I just I don't think this. I think a lot of people are acting like this is like an A plus move, and it isn't to me. Yeah. So um, actually, it's fun. Before I get into, back into Anthony Harris, you had sent me a text about. Uh, the, the Daily Norseman thing that you that you said, um, I learned that I'm blocked by the Daily Norseman, <laughs> which probably has to go back to the uh, to the NFC Championship game where I was uh, I was making a lot of jokes uh, on Twitter about how soft they were as, as a fan base complaining about Eagles fans. Anyway, um, in looking at like free agents like that makes sense for the Eagles uh, leading up to free agency and then even uh, during free agency, I've sort of targeted players that were 28 years of age or younger. So I'm with you there that it's not ideal that he's going to be turning 30 during the season. Um, you mentioned, of course, the, the down season in 2020. Um, you know, he got the, he got the tag, obviously, uh, uh, d- during the 2020 offseason. I think he made like $11 million or something like that. Uh, so they, they opted not to tag him again, which they, of course, wouldn't do. That tag would have been like $13, $14 million. Uh, but this past season, you know, not to you know make excuses for players, but... Um, it's fair to note that the cornerbacks for the Vikings stunk last year. I mean, they, they were really young players there. Pass rush wasn't as good because they had a lot of injuries to, to their uh, defensive line and their edge rushers. So uh, they weren't getting home, and I think defensive backs sort of got dis- got exposed uh, as a result. But for me, like the signing, I, I, just my very simple look at it is it's a good player that's cheap. And I think that if you can get a good player who's cheap, then – it's fine by me. Like it's uh, it's 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 fine by me on a, especially on a roster that doesn't have uh, you know, very many good players, especially now on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think that if he shows something during the season, then you consider doing a contract extension with him, like the Eagles mm. did with uh, Alshon Jeffrey. And the first contract extension with Alshon Jeffrey was fine. I'm not talking about the the more recent one where they guaranteed a lot of his money. But like if he plays well, maybe extend him. You know, you, you don't need to go crazy with the money that you give him, but maybe you can extend him. And at that position, like, I'm not as concerned about age as I would be at others. Like, certainly, if they were to sign a, a, you know, a 29-year-old running back or, like, last year, I think we were both in in agreement that, um, you know, Darius Slay at his age at the cornerback position is sort of was sort of a risky move and and I think you run the risk of having those guys decline a little bit faster but you you're not like as worried about the safety position because you don't need blazing excuse me like blazing speed uh, at the safety position the same way that you do at corner and then obviously like like I mentioned running back and and linebacker those are those are positions that are a little bit more taxing on the body than safety so um, yeah, I, I like the signing. I'm with you that it's like it's not like a slam dunk, like A plus kind of signing. But I'd, I'd probably go like B plus A minus on that one. Where, where, where would you, if you were grading it, what, what would you go? 
I'm more like B minus. Uh, I just, I really am stuck on like, what does this accomplish for the long term? And maybe it does. I don't love the extension in season, Jimmy, because no, I'm not? having, I'm look, I'm having flashbacks to all the <laughs> extensions in season that have not worked out recently. Like Jake Elliott, like Lane Johnson. Um, not to say Lane Johnson's a bad player, but he got that extension and then he got hurt and he's been hurt since. Brandon Brooks got hurt since. Like Timmy Jernigan had that extension in season where he played great yeah, in the first half okay. of 2017. Like, Signing players in season has not really worked out for them. Um, I think that's, but is that just a bad stretch, or is it really like well, the new way of looking at in season extensions? Well, like the players can get hurt right after signing it because yeah. there's still more games in that season. Like, why not just wait it out? I don't, I don't see the rush. Anyway, well, that's the reason it. will be because you know they can become more expensive when they're on the open market and bidding war happens for them. So the benefit to the player is they get paid and they're guaranteed mm-hmm. that money. Uh, before, but obviously the downside for them is that they may not be maximizing their return uh, if if they wait to hit the open market. But anyway, um, yeah. So I'm with, yeah. It's a fair point that they that they have whiffed on many an in season extension recently. The other thing is like Jimmy. This team talks about how they need to get younger. Guess how you get younger? Not signing older players. Like that's <laughs> at a basic level. Like you have to add young players to get younger. And obviously, you know, they have 11 draft picks. They're gonna do that, but. I, I don't hate this signing. I don't. I just, I'm not in love with it, I feel like, as much as everyone else is. And I feel like, in part, people like it just because the team hasn't done anything. So it's exciting that they actually made a move. Now, one thing I wanted to say, uh, this isn't even really like a point against or for, it's just kind of a, a note I wrote down, like an objective ob- observation, a big J journalist that I am, Jimmy. Uh, the Eagles really seem to like Mike Zimmer because... Or at least something about him, because they brought in Gannon, obviously, who has experience mm-hmm. uh, in Minnesota and overlap. Well, we with we should know, Harris. by the way, Gannon did coach uh, Anthony Harris. At I don't think we mentioned that yet. He, yeah, that was I, I was just saying that. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> and that is New Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. Um, just wanted to say the full name in case you're a new listener or or you don't know who we're talking about. Somehow, uh, Jimmy Andrew Sandejo, Marcus Epps. Anthony Harris, all former <laughs> right. Viking safeties, now on the right. roster. Uh, obviously, they added Nick Rallis, too, as a linebacker's coach. So the Eagles seem to do – they they like something about Mike Zimmer. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about the uh, the, the Marcus Epps. I did think about uh, Andrew Sandeo when they made that signing. Um, but, yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, Gannon was the assistant well, – I think he was, what, the assistant defensive backs coach when, uh, when he was with uh, the Vikings. So he did coach uh, Anthony Harris directly. So the Eagles did have – um, sort of an inside knowledge on what that guy is as a person and a personality. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm a little higher on it than you, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, but again, for me, it's just good player, low cost. I can kind of let the age thing go uh, just kind of on that premise alone. But I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, all right. Uh, any, any thoughts on Andrew Adams? He started for some bad defenses, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. he, he really has. Not to, you know, obviously I don't think he's going to be starting here. Seems like kind of a Rudy Ford replacement. Rudy Ford, by the way, getting a contract early in free agency too. I mean, like, I've already been out in the Jaguars because I do not believe in Urban Meyer right. at all. But, like, what are they doing? First I know day. that he only got, like, what, 600 k guaranteed? But, like, still, why? Yeah. Like, this is a guy who's missed 24 games in the last four years, so six per season. Like, you can tell me he's an amazing special teams player all you want. Like, he can't stay healthy. Like, I, I just don't get that. He was so a you priority. Had I mean, he was a first-day signing. He, like, they prioritized yeah. getting him. The way you put it is funny. It's like, 
we can't leave this day one a free agency without Rudy Ford. That's right. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> they, they hung a banner in Jacksonville. That's right. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I think Andrew Adams, you know, whatever. It's a minimum signing. Ideally, he doesn't even make safety the team. at best. Yeah, ideally, the young guys step up like Kevon Wallace and um, the aforementioned Riley. Steps. And who else am I missing? Uh, what's his name? Well, Graylin Arnold. Like, yeah. ideally, all those guys step up and Andrew Adams doesn't even make the team. Right. I'm with you there. Uh, other notable point that uh, happened at the beginning of the, at the start of the new league year, it was actually in action on the Eagles part in that the fifth year option for Derek Barnett, which the Eagles exercised last May uh, became fully guaranteed uh, when the new league year began. So he will be under contract for the Eagles guaranteed deal. They can still trade him. They can trade that contract away. But at this point they're like cutting him is completely off the table. So uh, he will be, uh, what is it like? It was a little over ten million, I believe, right? It's about ten million. So they yeah. they're kind of going the same route that they did with Nelson Aguilar uh, mm. a couple years ago when they uh, when they exercised his fifth year option. And then there's debate whether they should uh, you know uh, pick up the guarantee on that at the start of that new league year. And they did, and he had a terrible season. He wound up leaving a free agency the following year on a very small deal to the Raiders. Uh, he has sort of resuscitated his career. Also going to the Patriots along with Jalen Mills. Uh, not to get on sidetrack there, but uh, what do you think about the uh, decision? I mean, it's not necessarily a decision not to like get a deal, long-term deal done with him because it takes you know it takes two to tango on that, so to speak. But uh, given the option between keeping him or cutting him, what would you have done? To me, I just don't like the half measure. Of him playing at like either you believe in him, sign him to an extension, do what it takes, or move on. Like, what is the point of this halfway thing? Now, I get you can say it's a new system. You want to see how he does in the scheme. He's had some injury issues, but you know the the problem with waiting is that the cost is probably going to go up if he has this great season. And if you had enough doubt in him that you weren't going to sign him anyway, and he has like a kind of whatever lackluster year, even kind of dissimilar year to what he's had so far in his career, and you just move on, then I don't know. I kind of would just rather them have made a decision either way at this point. What about you? So, I mean, just looking at their roster again, they have so few young, like good young players, and I I don't know that I'd call Derek Barnett a, a quote-unquote good player at this point i think he's mm. a serviceable starter i think but i wouldn't call him a, a like an ideal or a good starter at this at this stage of his career and i think there's an argument to be made that josh sweat has uh sort of um you know uh, eclipsed a, be- a better outlook going forward than uh than, than a Derek barnett so i mean they don't have much young talent so i can understand why they kept him he's still only what 24 years old um, yeah. While he's still only 24 years old, I do wonder, like, we kind of associate young age with a higher ceiling, but I don't know that Derek Barnett has that high ceiling because he was always going to be somewhat limited by um, his athleticism or, you know, I don't want to say he's, like, not athletic, but he certainly lacks, like, elite type of athleticism, like, whereas Josh Sweat, you know, sort of does have those physical measurables in his favor. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Yeah, as you mentioned, it's, it is sort of a half measure. I think they, I think probably Derek Barnett's camp was smart in reading that situation and probably asked for more money than 
you know, the Eagles were willing to give and sort of forced a decision. And they, the Eagles obviously opted to keep him rather than let him go. And I think Barnett's camp was probably fine with, you know, signing an extension that worked for them or hitting the open market and seeing what was, uh, what would have been available to him, you know, had they let him go. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could go either way with it. Not to be sort of like, <laughs> like, like not to make a decision myself, but Fancy I would lean. I would lean. I would lean toward what you're you're thinking. But at the same time, though, like you also look at that defensive end position. You have Brandon Graham, and then you would have Josh Sweat, and then like your third guy is like, like not including free agents is Joe Osman at this point. So like you have nothing there really uh, aside from those two guys. So and yeah, and I don't even know if like Josh Sweat is like with his injury history and those concerns, like, can he even be like a full-time starter? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it does make sense to some degree that they did just keep him. And then of course, by keeping him, there's no longer that deadline in place. So Barnett and his camp would sort of lose the leverage of, uh, of, you know, having that upcoming. De- I mean, we, th- we all assumed that they were going to have to do something with Barnett just to get under the cap, but they got under the cap without having to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with him the rest of the offseason, whether they can get something long-term done with him that's sort of on a, a reasonable deal. But um, I can, I do understand where they're, where they're coming from bringing him back. There is hope for Derek Barnett, I think, still, as crazy as it is, because we're last he's year was moments. like, all right. Well, well, last year was finally like, all right, he's finally healthy <laughs> right. going into the seat, and then he got hurt going into the first <laughs> right. day of training camp, and he didn't right. participate in a good deal of training camp. So so hopefully, for real this time, this is the year where he actually is healthy going into the season. Would like to kind of see that and how he and how he evolves and maybe whatever you, you, you think he can thrive potentially in a new system. Um, on a side note, on a tangent here, I do think the defense, this defense could be good. Um, or at least, you know, I feel a little bit more optimistic about them than the offense, but, but yeah, I just, the inaction to me, I don't love, just wish they kind of made a decision, but I already touched on that. So uh, a few Eagles in new places, uh, those guys aside, and we'll, we'll get to the rumors, I think, in segment two, because we're up on the 20, you know, we're, we're up around 20 minutes here. So, uh, but a few Eagles in new places, Cameron Johnston, uh, the punter signed with the Houston Texans, uh, Duke Riley signed with the Miami Dolphins, and Malik Jackson, who, of course, the Eagles released at the start of the new year, landed with the Cleveland Browns. Do you have any thoughts on any of those three guys? Aaron Sabas, Jimmy. Get yes. to know the name. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, it is because okay. I said so. So, Aaron, <laughs> that's how you say your name now. I look, you know, people people think I'm not excited about the Eagles, Timmy. I'm excited for Aaron Sipas. This is a guy who lost out in training camp last year to Jack Fox, who was arguably the best punter in the NFL last year for the Detroit Lions. I I was reading some Pride of Detroit coverage from last year because I'm a sicko like that. You're fired up and, about Jack Fox, huh? Well, Sipos uh, was apparently like neck and neck in training camp mm. with Jack Fox. Okay. Uh, so kind of, a, I think, a good pickup by the Eagles when they sign him to a futures contract after the season. I think he has a real shot to be the Eagles punter this year. I think Cam Johnston kind of gets a little overrated. Sorry, oh, Alexis. For sure. I, know, for sure. I know Alexis loves him. For some <laughs> well, reason, she, like, she's a... Uh... I know she was a big Zeke fan, too. She's a, she go to Ohio State or something? She, she's a big Ohio... Yes, she is Ohio State uh, alumnus okay. and, and fan. So I, I get it, Alexis. But but at the same time, 
uh, I will say that I just when you look at the the metrics subjectively, like Cam Johnston wasn't really good, and I think some people have this perception like he was like the best player on the team, like because the rest of the team stunk and the punter <laughs> right. was good. Like that wasn't the case to me. Um, I was surprised he got the deal he did with the Texans. So whatever, I've already spent too much words on saying <laughs> the Eagles will have a new punter, but I think he, I, I'm excited for the new guy. I think he could be good. I hope they don't just settle on him though, because selfishly, like I want to cover. A, uh, a punting competition in training camp because I think that would be fun to do. Um, getting back to the Cameron Johnston wasn't that awesome. Like, I think he can punt far. Like, he's got a big leg. But mm-hmm. situationally and um, directionally, directionally, that's where he had issues. And um, really, that's kind of the name of the game in punting more than just being able to blast it away. Uh, it's, you know, being able to pin teams, in, not just inside the 20. That, that, that stat is totally useless to me inside the 20 it's inside the 10 that matters as far as um you know uh, punting in the nfl goes but uh on that yeah. note jimmy uh this is a total aside uh, i just remember the the eagles played the titans in 2018 and look this is going way back and i'm not saying this is he, he sucks just because of this reason but i remember he had like three touchbacks in that game like okay that shouldn't have been like that's 60 yards like that's a huge deal mm-hmm. like they lost that game in overtime anyway uh yeah just I'll push back on the idea he was the stud punter, but so yes, I'm, I'm ready does. for the Aaron, um, the Aaron Sipas as you put him era <laughs> to begin. But I, again, I want him to earn it against uh, somebody in in that training camp, just for my own selfish purposes. All right, now that everyone is tuned out because we talked about the punter for way too long, uh, why don't we take a break here, Jimmy? But before we do, let me tell you about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which I already mentioned in the open here. If you don't know already, what are you doing? I mean, go to rightsofselling.com, check it out. All the information is there. It is beef jerky. It is more snacks. They have gear, hats, T-shirts, everything. It's high quality. It's a local business that you're helping support. You're helping keep the lights on here at BGN Radio as well. It's a win-win-win. There's really no downside. Go check it out. You get 15% off when you use discount code BGN15 at checkout. It's a really good deal. Go do it. And Jimmy, back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Back here on BGN Radio episode 173. Jimmy, what else do we have? So let's get to some Eagles rumors over the last uh, few days. Uh, I'll just I'll just uh, list them all right here, and then we'll cover them each one at a time. There's Nick Foles uh, potentially being traded back to the Eagles. There's Deshaun Jackson or Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and the Eagles' interest in potentially trading for him. 
uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and the reported interest that the Eagles had in signing him. And uh, Adoree Jackson, who uh, reportedly will be visiting uh, the Eagles on Monday night, uh, assuming he doesn't sign earlier in the day during his visit to the New Jersey Giants uh, on Monday afternoon. So, uh, Nick Foles first, uh, your thoughts on that. First of all, I guess the the, the premise on that is that, um, I mean, the Bears have no use for him anymore and his contract, so they would love to get rid of him. It costs him, it costs them more uh, to keep him than, oh, excuse me, it would cost them more to, to uh, cut him cut than him. it would to trade him. It's a it's a pretty significant difference, like four or five million dollars, if they're able to trade him for literally like a bag of footballs, um, and they would just love to trade him to anyone, I think. And uh, he was mentioned by who was it Jeremy Fowler of uh, yes ESPN said I guess he just mentioned the Eagles as a potential landing spot for him. So your thoughts on that? Yeah, you said talks have been ongoing about that, even with the you know the original premise that was Nick Foles could return to Philly in a Carson Wentz package. Carson Wentz went to the Bears, but you know, even with Wentz going to Indy, still I guess the Eagles still have interest in bringing Nick Foles back. I mean, again. You want to talk about a team that wants to like get younger and get away from nostalgia yeah. and get away like I mean trading for Nick Foles does really not accomplish that. I mean I I've been pretty clear that I want a quarterback, a backup quarterback, a veteran who is as cheap as possible. And you know Geno Smith fits that bill. Nick Foles does not really fit that bill if you're giving up anything for him, anything of value even though I think it would probably wouldn't take much at all, but it's something, you know, it's more than nothing. And then also, uh, he's what, like a $4 million salary this year, which isn't really bad for a backup. But, I mean, then again, Mitchell Trubisky this year is making like 2.5. 2. 5. Yeah. yeah, so it's not like nothing. And it's more. It's a lot more than the minimum, which is about like 800000 if you're doing the, uh, the vet minimum uh, salary benefit thing. Again, that's like what uh, Geno Smith was last year. So, what was Jacoby uh, Brissett, by the way? Was he 5 or was yeah, it five. up to 5? Five? 5 with incentives uh, on top of that? or I don't know for sure. But five was the number that was thrown out there. So it's it, not insignificant. Dalton, Dalton and uh, Fitzpatrick both got 10 apiece. Yes. And then the, but they're, they're going to be starting for their respective teams. Correct. Um, so it was Brissett, uh, uh, Trubisky, and who was the other notable backup that signed somewhere? Well, Tyrod got like seven, I think. Did 7. he? 7.5 okay. or, or something. I think it might have been up to. I don't know. But the, the point here is... I could see both sides to this thing when it comes to Nick Foles. Like they're look, this team doesn't have a lot of juice going for them. There aren't a lot of interesting things about them. So, and look, it's Nick Foles. He's a fan favorite. Everyone loves. He's, he's the Super Bowl, the only Super Bowl MVP. But that's also the problem, history. though, inside of him too. Well, that's the downside. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a problem. That's that's like that's part of the problem is that he is popular here, and it yeah. cre- it creates a potential, you know bad situation if you know the second like Jalen Hurts has some kind of struggles during the season or fill in whatever quarterback they draft or whatever whoever their quarterback is you know, people are the first minute they struggle they're like get you know people are going to say get Nick Foles back in there but to play devil's advocate to your devil's advocate Jimmy is that a good test for a young player could that be a good thing like to put them through that adversity because then if they can handle that unlike Maybe another quarterback couldn't handle it as much in the city. Maybe that's a good sign. And maybe if you're believing in anyone who could handle that, it is Jalen Hurts, who pretty much seems unfazed by everything. See, I think the Bears would have to give something up just to trade him. Because hmm. and that's why, you know, I mentioned the the other quarterback the backup quarterback signings. Because like objectively, 
if you, if you, you know, if you take off your Philadelphia Super Bowl hat for a second, like objectively, Mitch Trubisky is a more desirable backup quarterback at this point, at this, at this stage. Like, I mean, he, wow, he, he Jimmy benched, hates Nick Foles. He got benched for Foles during the season, and then they benched Foles to go back to Trubisky, and Trubisky actually finished the season like okay. Um, so I think he's a more desirable player, just NFL speaking, not Eagles centric speaking. I think he's the more desirable player and as you mentioned 2.5 million so like i think the bears would have to actually have to trade him to get him off their roster i'm sorry they'd, they'd have to like trade a something up yeah they'd have to like send a pick and nick Foles somewhere just to get him off their roster for the benefit of saving that extra four or five million dollars then i would think that like so if like the eagles bring him in that way like if they're getting like a six yeah. round pick and nick Foles, sure Duh. Yeah. yeah do it but yeah. beyond, but barring that, like I wouldn't give anything up to go get Nick Foles. Like that seems crazy to me. Yeah, I uh, I think he fits the profile of what they want potentially in a backup quarterback. You know, I mean, I mean just beyond the nostalgia value, just a guy they feel like who will accept that role, and he's yeah. not going to like try to you know alpha his way into the starting job. Uh, so I get it from both sides, and uh, I think we did a poll. Yeah, we have a poll up here on Bleeding Your Nation. Should the Eagles trade for Nick Foles? 76% Jimmy said yes from nearly 5,000 people voting. So okay. the fans have weighed in. Okay. All right. Deshaun Watson. Uh, it would cost a hell of a lot to go get him. There was a report that the the Bears offered, was it three first-round picks plus like players that may have even included like Khalil Mack to trade for Russell Wilson. And I believe it would take more to get Deshaun Watson at this stage of those two players' careers than it would take to get Russell Wilson. So I came to imagine what the cost would be to go get Watson. Of course, Watson has these uh, accusations against him right now. I won't comment on any of it because I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about any of that, so um, I won't comment on any of that. But that, that, that's a hurdle to clear before he get traded to anybody. But assuming, like, if they're if they're not, I don't want to say assuming, but if there was you know nothing to those reports, um, it, if we're just looking at like his the compensation it would take five first round picks something in that ballpark is that would like is that kind of where you would put it? I mean, you can't even give up five unless you have extras <laughs> because you can only trade out like what three years in advance or so or four. Um, yeah, I think this report came out, Jimmy, because you, well, you have to look at at when it came out because it, at the time. It was, what, like Thursday or so, Wednesday. It was at a time where like the Eagles weren't doing anything and honestly just haven't been part of the conversation really at all. Like I was looking at uh, Football Morning in America by Peter King and uh, MMQB by Albert Breer last week, two of the biggest you know, like national weekly football right. online publications uh, ahead of free agency, one of the biggest weeks really in the NFL calendar the whole year. Uh, people love free agency, and there was nary a mention of the Eagles, like just you know, because you know they don't really count. Yeah. <laughs> just nothing going on with this team. Yes. So I, I can't help but feel like the Deshaun Watson stuff was like an attempt to like give Eagles fans hope of like something interesting to get them involved in the conversation. I mean, there's I bet there's truth to it in that like they've thought about it, they've sure. considered it, they've looked in. Of course, why? How would you He's not? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, why would you not look into that? But I just don't think. The Eagles have what it takes. I mean, look, the Jets can offer the number two pick. The Dolphins can offer the number three pick. And the yeah. Jets also have two first-round picks, not only this year, but next year as well. Mm-hmm. Like, they just there's no way they can outbid other teams. Like, it's a total like, – anyone talking about it as a realistic possibility, like, it's just not. Like, I, I any agree. team can outbid them. I agree. All right, so moving on. Juju Smith-Schuster, Smith, Smith Schuster, 
uh, signed back with the Steelers, but it was reported that the Chiefs made a strong offer for him, the Ravens made a strong offer for him, and that the Eagles uh, made some mm. kind of offer for him, too. Offered more than what he eventually landed on with the Steelers. Uh, and then, very quickly, uh, mm. Adam Schefter was the one who reported that. Very quickly, Schefter then walked that back, <laughs> most assuredly, because the Eagles uh, communicated with him in one way or the other, and they said, yo, that didn't happen, bro. And he, he walked that back immediately. So I, I tend to agree with the Eagles here that uh, Schefter probably got used um, by Juju's agent. Um, but yeah, so uh, do, do you think he would have been a fit? I feel like I like Juju a little bit more than other people do. Um, obviously, he hasn't. Ha- he's kind of declined. His, his mm-hmm. first couple of years were his best. Um, quarterback situation also hasn't been ideal. Uh, so to, to kind of parse through the how this was reported again, Adam Schefter originally said. Uh, Juju Smith turned down more money on a multi-year deal from the Eagles to return to the Steelers. The Eagles were, quote, a secret suitor. But uh, Juju loved Pittsburgh and its fans too much to leave, which I guess where that report is coming from. Uh, (laughs) Right. Then he didn't necessarily, like, say it wasn't true. He just said, I think the point of clarification was Juju's agent called the Eagles. So it wasn't like the Eagles reached out and gave Juju that deal. It sounds like maybe Juju's agent called the Eagles, and then at that point, the Eagles you know, put their offer, maybe, or whatever it could look like out there. Uh, so I don't think it's like they had zero interest in it at all, but it wasn't, I guess, you know, it didn't originate from them wanting him as much as the agent coming to them. Uh, I do think if we're looking at takeaways, it could be that the Eagles are maybe a little bit more inclined to be involved for a veteran, you know, free agent wide receiver than we might have thought. Also looking to see that, or, or I think good to see that the Eagles are looking to upgrade potentially on Greg Ward in the slot, as they should be. Mm-hmm. No player ran more routes in the slot than Juju Smith-Schuster last year. Um, so, uh, and he also fit the Eagles from like a a profile standpoint, right? Like he's only 24 years old. I thought he might be a little bit undervalued, Um because, again, his first two seasons were better than his mm-hmm. last two. But ultimately, I think it's fine that they didn't sign him. Uh, what about you? Personality standpoint, he would have been fun to cover, too. <laughs> like, I okay. think I think the uh, fan base would have embraced him. But, yeah, I think everything that you said is, is right. I mean, the Eagles don't prioritize that slot receiver position, as we learned last year when they thought that Justin Jefferson was uh, more of a slot receiver than he was an outside receiver. And they thought he was a high-volume slot receiver, but they felt that that would not... Uh, that was not the best value for a West Coast offense. Now, we don't know exactly what Nick Sirianni's offense will look like compared to Doug Peterson's, but uh, they did show that they pref- that they uh, are willing to spend premium resources on outside lean receivers than they are slot receivers. So, uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he definitely would have improved the offense for sure, uh, but I don't know that I would have liked the cost of him on a one-year deal for, you know, in the ballpark of like 10 million bucks. So I think if they did make that kind of offer, that was a bullet dodged. Yeah, I was, I was thinking my interest in Juju was kind of like thinking his market might not be as lucrative as 
people expected it to be, and you could like kind of get him at like a below market rate, then mm-hmm. I kind of would like would have liked a, a chance on that, but that clearly was not the case here. What else in the rumor section? So this one actually has some meat to it. It's Adoree Jackson, uh, again reported by Adam Schefter, and actually I think uh, Josina Anderson had it first that uh, he was going to be visiting with the Eagles on Monday night again. If you were to not sign with the Giants earlier in the day, uh, your thoughts on him as a fit in Philly? Yeah, I like that's the kind of player yes. the Eagles should be targeting like <laughs> yes. in terms of the profile and everything. I mean, this is a guy who 25 now years old. 25 years old. He's coming off a season in which like like murky injury situation, not even totally like clear why the recovery was taking as long as it did. There was some talk coming out from Tennessee that uh the Titans weren't particularly thrilled about how uh, seriously mm-hmm. or whatever Jackson was taking his recovery, so uh, there are some red flags here. Now, of course, the Eagles are going to be in the market for any kind of player with some kind of red flag because it's not like they're they're shopping top, uh, you know, no brainer free agent options. Um, so, I like it though in terms of a guy who's a former first round pick. Uh, you look at how he has beyond his defensive experience, he can return to. hasn't done that in a while, but it's just another thing he can do. Uh, he allowed a 145.8 passer rating last year when targeted when he played in limited action. So not good, but he was much better the, the, the two seasons prior with a 94.3 passer rating allowed in 2019 and an 89.4 passer rating allowed in 2018. So uh, I'm all for it. If the price is right, uh, I think that's a, a good guy to take a chance on. You have Dory Jackson and Darius Slay as your starting two cornerbacks on the outside presumably Maddox, or we'll see, in the slot. Then you have Anthony Harris and hopefully Rodney McLeod getting healthy uh, as your safeties, and that seems like a decent secondary all of a sudden. Yeah, uh, only two picks in in his four years in the pros, but uh, in those first three seasons, excluding last season, um, he had, uh, I believe it was 33 pass breakups in 43 games, which is, that's getting your hands on a lot of footballs, which is good. Um but he's like a very good athlete. Like he was a track star at USC. Um, I believe he won the long jump uh, in the Pac-12 two two straight years or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean he was a very highly regarded uh, athlete coming out of college, and he went 18th uh, in the same year that the Eagles drafted uh, Derek Barnett. Mark Barnett went 14th. He went 18th. The Eagles had him in for a pre-draft visit. Uh, that season, so they do know a little bit about him. Obviously, you can only tell so much in vis- visiting you for one day. But um, he is a guy that uh, you know has that athletic ability, is young, has some upside. And because the Titans cut him, he won't count toward the comp pick formula. So if the oh. Eagles were to retain a uh, – if the Eagles were to get like a fifth-round pick, for example, for Mills, then a guy like Jackson would not cancel him out. So, uh, yeah, I think he makes sense uh, in a lot of different areas. And you just look at the Eagles' depth chart at cornerback – like, I mean, good lord! Like, who would who would start? Would you say at, at CB two if the season started uh, I, tomorrow? Craig James. I mean, yeah, because it's not Maddox, right? They're not going to put Maddox out there again. It probably would be Maddox, and then somebody else would play the slot. But we all know, like, that didn't work in twenty twenty. So, like, right? So, I mean, they desperately need. Like, when I look at like um, the team needs. Um, when you look at like the draft, I think the draft they should be focusing on obviously best available player uh, with a slant toward the premium positions, of course. But when you just look at like the holes that have to be filled immediately with at least competent players in free agency, like right now, 
cornerback is number one. And then I think there's a pretty big gap between corner and, well, I guess quarterback would sort of be up there because they need another one. <laughs> they only have one on the roster right now. But uh, cornerback in terms of like having to find at least somebody that can start, that's high on the list. He has uh, 41 starts, so clearly, you know, starting experience. You mentioned the track thing earlier, the speed. I remember him getting burnt by Mark and Michelle in the preseason a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's a good call. He did. Which was really surprising because it was like, wow, like <laughs> right. beat a Joey Jackson? Like, that right. dude is fast. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely. Funny. That's funny. That's a good callback right there. Well, good job. thank you, Jimmy. Well done. Uh, yeah, so definitely. I mean, if he makes it to Philly, yeah, no guarantee. I think that was that was what's funny about Josina's uh, original report because it was like right now, Dory Jackson is scheduling potentially to meet with the Eagles. It's like okay, so they're not even like definitely getting a visit with him because you know he's going to the Giants yeah. first. So so we'll see how that goes. Although, uh, or is that all the rumors we had? I think that's it. it. Is yeah, because I had a smooth transition to the next topic, uh, which we can do after the break here. Uh, maybe. The Giants really don't have as much cap space now right. to sign a Dory Jackson because they made a big signing in free agency that we can talk about after the break. But, Jimmy, first we need to hear about Kristen Roach from Roach Realtors. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors, Roach Realtors. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Eight five six nine oh six nine two nine five eight five six nine oh six nine two nine five nine two nine five Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 173. It's, it's a good time, Jimmy. I'm having a good time talking to you. There's a lot of news, a lot of things to talk about, uh, but some not really good news for the Eagles, in my opinion, with, I think, the NFC East getting better. Okay. And mm. now you don't think, oh, you're always... <laughs> You're always hesitant to believe. <laughs> but I'm, in always, the... I'm always writing about them, not about the rest of the division not being that good now. So, eh. all right, well, where, 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 case... do you want, where do you want to start? You want to because the the cow. I don't think we need to talk about the Cowboys because they've been quiet. They got the Dak Prescott deal done, of course. 
but they've been quiet in free agency because they don't have like the Eagles. They don't have much in the way of cap space. So you want to start with the football team, or do you want well, to start with the Giants? Well, I just teased. I teased All Mr. Right, so Kenny we'll start D. With the Giants, yeah. Kenny the, uh, Galladay. The, yeah, Kenny <laughs> D. The uh, the saxophonist himself um, joining the NFC East. I think that's a that's a pretty good. I mean, now look, you can talk about the money. It's expensive. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yes. But but the player is good, undoubtedly. At least to me. I mean, you know, he had injuries last year. If he bounces back to pre-2020 form the player is good uh and i think he's also a really good fit specifically with daniel jones who look i very much do not believe in daniel jones and is what like 84.1 career pass rating or whatever it is but he actually had like the highest pass rating in the nfl i think last year on throws 20 plus yards down the field which is surprising when i saw that Mm -hmm. and i'm reading that and saying that right now but i really do think in the eli manning mold of just Chuck it up there and hope something good happens. I think Galladay uh, is a really good fit for that with him. And I think it's a good addition. I think it makes the Giants better. I really do. I'd be curious to see a stat. Like, I like that, I like that stat, but I, I'm, I'd be curious to see, like, the quarterbacks that um, those receivers play with that have – what would you say was a high, the highest completion percentage for throws over 20 yards? Is that what it was? The highest passer rating for Daniel Jones. Okay. Wait, for Daniel Jones or for uh, Kenny Galladay? Daniel Jones had the highest passer rating. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I thought you said Galladay for that. Never mind. I was going to say, uh, well, maybe it, Matt, maybe because Matt Stafford has like a cannon arm. Like he, he makes it makes it a little bit easier for his players down the field to make catches. But It was 132.5. That's interesting. Daniel Jones, huh? Down the field. I, would, yep. I would have never guessed that. I mean, he's, he can sling it. <laughs> No, but I mean just because he he wasn't very effective at all just as a player last year, just generally speaking. So uh, Mm -hmm. that's that's interesting that he was effective on deep. He must not have had that many, I'm guessing. Uh, Probably a small percent. I don't know. know. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah, $18 a year, though, for Kenny Galladay. Like, that makes him, I think, the sixth highest highest paid receiver in the NFL. And he's not close to the sixth best receiver in the NFL. Like, I mean... Is he even a one? Yeah, I think so. You think so? Yeah, at his best, at his best, he he was coming off back to back thousand yard seasons, and he he is what like a uh, career um, sixteen point eight yards per reception. He led the NFL in t- receiving touchdowns in twenty nineteen. Did he? he? Yeah, he was a Pro Bowl player in two thousand nineteen. How is this not number one? Well, okay, eleven. I mean, which is good. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but like that's a number one, right? A but, number one player yeah, isn't like, leading the. Okay, yeah, but I, leading, but that's it's, it's a very down year for the eleven touchdown receptions is like a terrible year for receivers. If like if like that's the if that's the receiving touchdown leader, eleven, come on. Like it's nice. I'm saying like <laughs> like eleven touchdown receptions is certainly good, but like his two seasons before this past one, as you noted, he played five games only. Uh, he had 338 receiving yards, two touchdowns. But the two years before that, he had 1063, which again is fine, and 1190. So he's you know he's averaging between 70 and 75 yards per game those two years, which you know again is good. But is it 18 million a year? Like top six paid receiver in the NFL? Good. I'm asking you. I. I think he's good. I think uh, I think part of the other thing was that oh, I think he's good. Oh, he's a good player. Uh, 
I think part of the other thing was he wasn't always necessarily like the main focal point of the Lions' offense. Like they had other they had other targets there, and I think like he's going to be the go to guy in New York, and I think he's going to make some big plays. They have, uh, a, I mean, I, they, they do have good skill position players now. So they do have Galladay. They have uh, uh, Darius Slayton, who's, who's a good player. Um, yes, as Gold, the Eagles know, Golden Tate gone. I think they're better that, off without that's him. That's an upgrade. And then get, getting rid of him, they'll be getting Saquon back, Barkley back. Evan Evan Ingram mm-hmm. had struggles last year but he does have talent um and then uh who am i missing here oh they also signed uh uh kyle rudolph i thought they paid him too much but he will help and then um they john ross yeah that's the signing that i really like they got him like super cheap like he was like 2.5 mil yeah just like mitchell trubisky like trubisky money (laughs) 2.5 million for john ross i love that signing like i had him as a potential eagles target and uh, if if I like, I was not expecting him to get that low of a deal. So that is a bargain for that guy. Like as a high upside kind of guy, I, I like that deal a lot. So their, their offense is going to be better. They did lose um, um, Kevin Zeitler. The they, they cut him. They cut him. Uh, their guard because you know cap concerns or whatever. They needed to free up cap money for these other guys. Um, so their line did suffer a little bit on that. He quickly got snapped up by the Ravens. The I Ravens. Think. Um, so again, I do think the Giants got better this offseason. So I'm with you there. Like the Giants yep. definitely improved the roster uh, this offseason. They also added on defense to me my guy Afadi Odenabo from mm. the Vikings, who had seven sacks in 2019, and he actually drew the fifth highest double team rate of any or, or any yeah of any edge player last year. Which again, crazy stat. Um, That's a net loss though on the defensive line though, because they did also did lose Dalvin Tomlinson, their defensive okay. tackle. I like him a lot. True. He signed with the Vikings, but more of a I run believe. stuffer. Yeah. yeah, but he's he could still like push the pocket. I think he had like three or four mm-hmm. sacks last year, but like a qual like a like a legitimate quality starter for them. Point being, to me, like I like to to bag on Dave Gettleman, and some of these moves I don't like. Mm-hmm. like Devontae Booker, and, right? Uh, and you mentioned what. Reminiscent uh, like of kinda, Jonathan Stewart, by the way, that Devontae Booker signing. Yeah, like I, I'm still not <laughs> in on Gettleman, but he's made some good moves. Like Bradbury <laughs> yeah. last year was a really good move, obviously. I, mean, I, I thought the Blake out. Martinez signing was terrible last year, mm-hmm. but he actually had he a played. very good season for them. So, I don't know. I, I'm not suddenly thinking like the Giants are a juggernaut, but they're. Uh, we'll, we'll get to this later. But <laughs> yeah. I think, they, I think they got better. I do think they got better, legitimately. Um, Washington football team, Jimmy. They have a new I think they've had a good offseason, too. See, I don't like the Fitzpatrick signing for them. I know, like, they, I've, mm. I've seen them getting, like, a lot of praise for that. And, like, he'll help them this year, but what does he do for you, though? Like, like, like long-term, if they find a quarterback, oh. like, their, their roster's good. They have, like, actually, I shouldn't say their roster's good, but that defensive line is elite. Like, it's that, like, they have so much talent and so much depth with uh, the addition, of course, of Casey Tuhill. Like they, they, I'm kidding, of course. They are loaded hmm. on that defensive line. So they have like a great starting point there. I think they have good players. Otherwise, like they're starting to build up their skill position players on offense with guys like Terry McLaurin, of course. They signed Curtis Samuel. They have, uh, oh man, I always forget this the running back's name from Memphis. Antonio uh, Gibson. Antonio Gibson, who had a good rookie year last year. So, like, they, they have a lot of good things going for them. Their, their line is okay. Their offensive line that is, is is okay. But, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick will definitely help them. He'll certainly be better than Dwayne Haskins was last year. Uh, low bar there. <laughs> He'll be better than Alex Smith was. He'll be better than uh, Kyle Allen was or Ty, uh, Taylor Heineke. Taylor He'll be Heineke. Better than, He'll be better than all those guys. And, like, he'll be fun to watch and all that. But he's 38. Like... 
find a long-term solution for the roster that you're building for the long term. So, like, I don't know. They're not Super Bowl contenders, and I think that, like, you know, signing a guy like him doesn't really help you in the grand scheme of things, but they are for sure, like, going to be a better team again in, in 2021. So you're taking my Anthony Harris logic in terms of me disappointed in the Eagles not finding a long term answer, and but it's at the it's but a, it's at the quarterback position now. Like I know, I'm kidding. Um, also, I, he's 38, and Anthony Harris is 29. I, I know. <laughs> just relax over there. I'm just teasing. Um, I totally agree with you on the long term aspect of it. I guess though, I think people are looking at it in the the prism of like they weren't going to find likely a long term option. Anyway, that's fair. So this is like the best they could do, and I think that's a fair point. Just you know, looking at where they are in the draft. I mean, they could They're still draft nineteenth. Like, yeah, if if Mac Jones makes it there, like I've said on the locker room uh, podcast I've done with Seamus, like I would not like that. I think that would be a very good, very good pick for them. Yes, and he could be like their new Kirk Cousins, except maybe a little bit less BLE, as I like to say. <laughs> right, uh, big loser. I, for those of you who don't know, yeah, it's totally. Uh, throw that in there. Uh, I. I think, well, look, I mean, first of all, Fitzpatrick torches the Eagles. Now, Jim Schwartz is gone, so maybe that'll change, but mm, right. that's a problem. Uh, and I really like the William Jackson signing for them. I think he's mm. an underrated corner. I think that was a great pickup. And, and Darby was good last year, mm. who Darby, Ronald Darby, who went to Denver, speaking of former Eagles, um, got a nice deal there. He's finally healthy, which I think made a big difference. I don't think it was just about getting to a different scheme, although, you know, playing with that defensive line, I'm sure, helped him. Uh, yeah, so I like what Washington has done. I forgot I think, to mention Logan Thomas, by the way, in mentioning the skill position players. Like, yes, also like Logan Thomas became like one of the best tight ends in the league last year. Legitimate, legitimate, uh, yeah, threat. Uh, yeah, so uh, the the Fitzpatrick thing is disappointing in the lens of like I think they should just the Washington should have thrown everything they can to get to Deshaun Watson because they do that and they're. I think they're pretty set. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like you mentioned the, before, they don't have enough. Like they, they have yeah. the nineteenth pick. And that's not going to be appealing to a team like the Texans. And, I mean, and they're probably going to be competitive enough where they're not mm-hmm. going to have, like, a super high pick going forward. So they then they just don't have the ammo right. to, to go up and get them. And if they were to trade, like, one of their, like, young Chase pieces young. along their defensive line, like then what makes them potentially scary in the future, you know, it just isn't there anymore. Right. So, uh, so you know, ruling that out, I think the Fitzpatrick signing is fine for them. And I think they're a legitimate threat to repeat as division champs. Yeah. So, how what would be your early, your too early that is projected order of uh, finish in the uh, NFC East? I'm gonna go Cowboys first, just because like I I've just mentioned a, a team has not won the NFC East since 2004 mm-hmm. as repeat. So it's the safe bet to go with a different team. But then I think it's Washington number two, and I think they could overtake Dallas. Uh, I think, you know, Dallas offense is in pretty good shape. That's a big reason to feel good about them. Defense, I just feel like their defense can't be as bad as it was last year. And I think we, we both thought that the Mike Nolan hire was a joke. Uh, say what you will about Dan Quinn, but I think he's probably better than Mike Nolan. And uh, then I would put the Giants number three. I, I am not, again, really a big Daniel Jones believer, but with what they're giving him here, they're kind of like giving him the best chance they can to see, okay, like maybe if you're, it's it's time to do or die for Daniel Jones basically this season, and he has more pieces to work with. And then the Eagles still, I mean, I think they're last. 
Yeah, that's fair. I would go the same order at the top two. So I'd go uh, Cowboys one. Because uh, I just think that Dak Prescott is so much better than any other quarterback in the NFL. And again, like I don't like I like Dak in the but, NFL. Uh, excuse me, the NFC East. Uh, like I I like him, but I don't. I think he's like kind of like in the ballpark of like the tenth, eight to ten to twelve, somewhere in that range, uh, depending on how he comes back from that leg injury. Um, but he's so much better than anyone else in the NFC East. So like that's a huge advantage. And of course, Cooper and and CD and um, and Gallup. I mean that trio of receivers is awesome. So the, I mean their their O line will be back and better than it was last year when they had so many injuries. Their defense is still like hot burning trash. So that's a big concern for them. But I do think they have the most talent in the division. Uh, Washington will be number two for me, and we talked about them enough. I'm gonna go Eagles over Giants though. Hmm. I think the one thing the Eagles do have going for them, and of course this is all dependent on guys coming back and being healthy again, is their offensive line is. Like, legitimately really good, um, especially from Kelsey to Brooks to Lane. Now, we can debate whether it's best for, you know, those three guys to still be there you know, at the money that they're making and whatever. But uh, in 2021, like, if they come back and they're healthy, like, they're going to have the best line in, in, in division, in my opinion. I think Isaac is a decent uh, starting left guard. And we saw enough to be encouraged by what Jordan Mailata can be going forward. So I think their line is really good. I think the defensive line is going to be fine. Uh, we'll, you know, kind of play to the level they have over the last few years. And uh, I, I just like their the, the core of their team. As much as I do hate their roster, <laughs> the Eagles, that is, I, I think that, uh, as you mentioned, uh, just Daniel Jones does absolutely nothing for me whatsoever. All right. So... That's our way too early NFC strengings, which I'm sure will subject to change before <laughs> yes. September gets here. Uh, Jimmy, we're going long, but let's just let's just go through it. Let's power through it. Uh, we got we got to touch on, of course, Carson Wentz and Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman and the press conferences that 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 they had. So uh, why don't we just do it this way? Why don't we do one takeaway each, the biggest takeaway each from those press conferences? Well, let's start with uh, with Howie and Nick. Okay, so let's start with Howie specifically. Um, nothing. I was bored. <laughs> I was, <laughs> was bored was by Howie's too, press yeah. conference. I did not really get anything out of it. If I'm stretching, if I'm looking for something, I would say that – and it, this was kind of said when the Carson Wentz trade was officially – officialized. Is that a word? I don't know. Uh, on Wednesday uh, where he basically said in the, in the article on PhiladelphiaEagles.com that – they are not ruling out quarterback mm-hmm. at number six, which I don't know. It shouldn't be a surprise that he's saying that, but it's noteworthy, I suppose. Um, he could have said we're sticking with Jalen Hurts, and he didn't. Um, so I think really that's about it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, that would be the number one thing for me. But, of course, he's going to say that for two reasons. One, um, the Eels certainly didn't want that report out by Chris Mortensen that Jeffrey Lurie put down some mandate that, Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback going forward and that all offseason decision making was going to be, you know, on the premise of surrounding him with talent and putting him in the best position to succeed going forward. The Eagles don't want that out there, if that's true. So certainly the the worst thing you can have going into a draft is everyone knows what you're going to do or not going to do. And if that report were true, then certainly they aren't going to be drafting a quarterback at the sixth overall pick. So, they wanted out there that they are considering all options at that pick, of course, because that's what they want. 
But then also, just from Howie's perspective, he doesn't want to be thought of as like this impotent figure that is being bossed around by the owner and being told what to do on, in terms of roster decisions. So he wants it out there that the only directive that uh, the way that he put it was the only directive that we've been given is to um, do anything in the best interest of the team. Um, so uh, he, they sort of shot down that report. Uh, I, you know, haven't really decided whether I think, you know, the level to which that report is true. Uh, but uh, that it wasn't a surprise that they shot all that down. The other thing that he said, too, was um, that he thought, and again, I think this is just sort of posturing again, but that he thought, like, five quarterbacks could go in the top ten, which would, if that's the case, like, that's great for the Eagles in terms of, like, if they aren't going to draft a quarterback at six, just the value of their pick and maybe being able to move back and in a, in a trade back and picking up like a slew of picks uh, to, to do that. So I, I think he made a point of saying, like, I think he wanted it. I think he wanted to get out there that, that he thought the five guys were going to go in that top 10. Um, Adam Schefter, re- Jimmy yes, this week just said, you can take it to the bank, like lock that. Th- uh, I think four quarterbacks are going in the top six or seven. Mm. Okay. So that would probably be, of course, the four quarterbacks like Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, and uh, Fields. Hmm. So. It, it's, uh, it could be Lance or Jones. And, and maybe Jones. We'll see. I don't know. But uh, did you have any takeaways from Sirianni other than he's super excitable? And, and <laughs> That's my takeaway. That's my main takeaway is he definitely has energy, which is nice. I think it's nice for yeah. a team, again, that's coming off of a bad season and a fan base that is justifiably largely checked out. I think it's good for the coach to have some energy. And like, oh, that's something maybe I can like uh, – relate to as an Eagles fan like the coach is fired up that's nice to see <laughs> uh that's about it though I don't I don't know like the way I, I tweeted it um which is that ever a good thing to say in a podcast do people ever care like I tweeted this I feel like <laughs> that comes it's like who cares right. um but the way I think we do I, it because like we we like we don't want to feel like we're just regurgitating the say, same yeah, stuff saying it for the first said. time yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that uh the way I, in my own head, I'll say that I thought about it was like, well, I legitimately do not know if this guy is going to be a good head coach. But what I do know is he's energetic. Like I do know that for a fact. So, so that's what I know about Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I mean, he, they got to get the word "ball" out of the vocabulary. All of them, like, oh, <laughs> like love ball. <laughs> he's all ball all the time. All ball how, all the time. <laughs> is what how he said. They got to get that out immediately. It's very annoying. I mean, they started doing that a few years ago. But I mean, like uh, Mike Groh was big was big on ball, but they ball. I mean they just got to stop. It's going to get really annoying very quickly. Uh, Takeaway on the Wentz press conference and or Pat McAfee interview on the ball point. I feel like like that's a basketball thing. Am Is I it? wrong to think that? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I used to play basketball. Flex um, wasn't really that good. Flex on flex. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know. For some reason, I just always think of basketball when that's said. Okay. Anyway. I think of baseball for that. Okay, really? Yeah, because you go to the ball game. Okay, true. That is true. I don't think of it for hockey. He's he's all puck all the time. (laughs) That should should become a thing in hockey. People should start saying (laughs) that. (laughs) That's really good. He just loves Uh, talking puck. (laughs) On... uh, 
Carson Wentz, Jimmy. Uh, a lot of BLE there. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm and... told I'm not allowed to talk about Wentz anymore because he's not on the team. I want to stop down on that for a second. <laughs> Look, uh, it's not like we're talking about Carson Wentz's fit with the Colts and we're like breaking down all 22 of how's he going to do with Michael Pittman. <laughs> right. If we were doing that, then sure, we shouldn't be doing that because that's not <laughs> Eagles related. When Carson Wentz, who was a quarterback for the Eagles for five years, and he's also literally talking about his time with the Eagles, right. I think that's yeah, relevant I think we should be covering to the Eagles. Yeah. yeah, we should be talking about um, that, writing about it, etc. And we're not even I, getting I, to it until like past the first full hour of this podcast, by the way. Right. And the Eagles haven't been doing anything in free agency this week anyway. It's not like there's this ton of other stuff going (laughs) on that we're, like, not getting to. All right. So, anyway, that aside, the two things that stuck out to me about Carson Wentz's press conference, and I'm sure they did for you, too. Number one was him saying that the trade was, quote, outside of his control. No, Carson Wentz, it was not outside of your control. That's just a bold-faced, a bald-faced, whatever, which the saying is, lie. And the other thing is... Carson Wentz, knowing when he first uh, felt like it was a time for a fresh start, was the question was asked. Was there a moment when he first felt that way? And he said, Green Bay, <laughs> meaning when he was benched, was probably the moment I realized that this might not be it. And uh, then on the Pat McAfee show, he had said something. To, he admitted, basically, he was thinking about which teams he might be playing for next, like right not too long after he was benched. <laughs> right. And I wrote about Carson Wentz, Jimmy, uh, after he was traded. I wrote this long piece, like eight thoughts on the trade. And the way I put it then, and I'll revisit this because I, I thought I, I phrased it well, is that like he quit on the Eagles. And you, you've mentioned this. He wanted out when the going got tough. And I can understand as a human being why he didn't want to be part of this mess. This, the Eagles don't have this bright outlook. But like I think it's incumbent upon a true leader to help right the ship when things go wrong and not just give up and tuck their tail at the first sign of adversity, which Carson Wentz clearly did. Carson Wentz turned his back on an organization that made a ton of effort to a fault mm-hmm. to cater to him. And I just think that guy is either too scared or too entitled to accept returning and competing for the starting job. Uh, Carson Wentz ran away. And I think it is insane, Jimmy. It is insane how I legitimately believe he thinks he was wronged for being benched. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt he does. And like the the lack of accountability that he also showed in those uh, in that in that press conference and, and that interview, it was subtle. But like there was a lot of like from Seinfeld, like yada yada yada. Like and then I was benched. <laughs> like there's <laughs> pretty much like almost nothing in the way of yeah. Like I stunk last year. Like let's just be honest about how I play. I did not play well. Like there was none of that. And it was very easy to just say that because everyone saw it. Like everyone knows he played badly. It's, it's it's almost like in his best interest to acknowledge it. Like when when I think like a lot of like uh, when you when you're a quarterback of a team, you're supposed like you're supposedly supposed to be like the leader of the team as well. And other players notice that, like if they if if you just don't take accountability for like the way that you're playing, then it's hard to listen to that same guy sort of try to get in your ear about you not playing well either. So, it, like it'll be interesting to see how like that dynamic goes with the Colts uh, if they do sort of experience bad times or he has a bad game or whatever. So I mean it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. But on, on your point in terms of like tucking tail and like getting out when 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 the when things got bad. Like, 
he pocketed $60 million. So I understand, like, the Colts were a team that needed a quarterback. They had a head coach there that he feels really comfortable with and liked playing for in Frank Reich when Frank Reich was in Philadelphia. And sure, like, that roster is good, and that team is certainly better than, than the Eagles are, like, unquestionably. And, like, it's a better situation for him. And, like, I've seen the argument made, like, can you blame him for, you know, wanting to play there instead of – yeah, I can blame him because he made 60 – he pocketed $60 million in cash ever since he signed that uh, contract extension like just a year and a half ago. And it's just – it's to me uh, like, yeah, I can blame him for that. And and I do think that, uh, that uh, he's getting too easy a pass from, from a lot of Eagles fans in that regard. Um, yes, the Eagles uh, – you know, front office has not done a great job in the draft and free agency and the way that this roster has been has gone since they won a Super Bowl. But, you know, at the first at the first hint of any real adversity for this guy to, you know, just want to be out immediately, I think sort of speaks to what he is uh, mentally. I really had hope genuinely like I'm not just saying this. I genuinely had hope, Jimmy, that I never listened. I never lied to the BGN radio listeners that like Carson Wentz was going to be humbled by his benching last year. That was one of my biggest reasons why I wanted to see him bench. I wanted to see how he would respond mm-hmm. to it. I would. I had hope. I was like, okay, maybe this. can I remember help that. Me. Yeah, I remember you saying that during podcast. Yeah, and it just didn't. It was like the exact opposite. It was like, well, f you guys. Like, <laughs> like, like you I'm, guys, I'm, I'm going home. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I'm doing everything right. Uh, like, you, it's just I can't get over that. I can't get over how he genuinely believes like he shouldn't have been benched. I think maybe he thinks he he should have been benched for like a game or like in that game. Like he might have been able to accept right. it. Right. You know, one game because that's what happened. Like he, you know, leading up to the Saints game, we didn't really hear as much, but then. Going into the Cardinals game, the week after the Saints game, that's when the reports started to come out that if Jalen Hurts continued to start, that Carson Wentz won it out. Yeah. So I just think, like, I, I legitimately believe, I have no doubt at all, like, that the Eagles are going to not regret trading him. Now, like, he might go on to make them regret it in terms of success and everything, but I honestly don't believe he's going to get better to the point of where the Colts can, like, seriously contend unless he has, like, this real change of heart. And I think if he has that, I think it's going to take something that wasn't clearly wasn't going to happen here. And yeah. I don't even know if it's going to happen there. I, right now, I'm not seeing it. And and that's a bummer. Like, look, I, I, I think a lot of people like to say I hate Carson Wentz. I don't. I was always a big fan of Carson Wentz. As someone, like, who had that in them, I want to see him play well again. Now, of course from an Eagles perspective, I don't want to see him play well again because, first of all, I don't want to have to hear about that. It's annoying. And also, the Eagles have the Colts' first-round pick this year, and I want that pick to be as good as possible. So, in all reality, you know, I don't want him to play well. But there's that part of me, inside of me, like that's holding on from before that almost does. And it's just it's hard to... That part is like slipping away when I see this guy just not take accountability. And again, it comes down to me where like I, I honestly just... I don't see, I mean, I guess other people have different perspectives, but like for me, I'm not worried at all that like, oh no, did we make a mistake giving up on him? No, like, no, it was time to move on. Yeah. Your point is, is valid in that, like, it doesn't matter what happens in Indianapolis, whether he's good, bad or indifferent. The The point that you make that like, it wasn't going to work here anymore is probably the most important thing. And, and as you said, they won't regret it just on that basis. Anything else we have, Jimmy? On this uh, extended episode. I think that's it for me in terms of uh, Eagle stuff. 
Okay. You, you got well, any uh, got any personal things to get off your chest, buddy? Uh, no, I don't. Mm. Why? No, Do you, just asking. You're saying that in a way where like, you must know something <laughs> that I don't. Now I'm kind of scared. No, I don't. You're know like, I don't know anything. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, uh, it's been a fun. You know BGN what? Let, radio let, let, let me let me let me give a quick little plug actually because I was appreciating okay. him yesterday. Uh, Conshohocken Brewing Company. Have you ever been there, by the way? No. There's like four. There's like five or six of them, something like that. Um, all in the area of Conshohocken, as the uh, name of their place might indicate. Anyway, uh, I go on like TV on CBS three on occasion, and uh, I'm appreciative of them. I'm <laughs> like a lot of other these media outlets that like you know you and I go on like radio and TV and stuff like that. They always give me like a they always give out like a, a gift card uh, anytime you appear on TV with them. So I had racked up like over the years. I live in South Jersey. I don't live anywhere near like any of the Conshohocken Brewing Company locations. So like I've racked up like you know over three hundred dollars worth of gift cards <laughs> going on these you know TV appearances. Uh, and I was finally going to be in that area yesterday. And I called ahead, like, just to make sure I wasn't going to be messing them up by rolling up and being like, yo, uh, I got $300 worth of gift cards here. I'll take $300 worth of beer to go. Thanks. <laughs> so I called ahead and uh, made sure that, like, they were, they were, like, fully stocked or it wasn't hurting them in a pandemic, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but they were super cool. And I went in and I gave them my stack of gift cards. And I walked out of there with, like, 96 uh, beers in four packs uh, so, and they were very cool about it. So I just wanted to thank them. I know that, uh, uh, our friend, uh, Glenn Macnow, I believe is some sort of, uh, is some sort of ownership Owner. stake in, uh, in that company. So I just wanted to thank them for being, being very cool about me driving up and saying, I'll take a gigantic pile of beer, uh, for these gift cards. And they were very cool about that. Anyway, so thank you, Conchak and Brewing Company. Not official sponsor, but they're welcome to be, and uh, <laughs> right. a fair plug by you. Uh, I have a couple of plugs I want to get out there. First of all, obviously, Right to Sell on Craft Jerky. Go to rightsellon.com. Use discount code BTN15. You hear me say it all the time. If you haven't done it, well, then just give it a try. Uh, second of all, check out the SB Nation NFL show, which we are continuing to grow. Uh, it is a good program. It is fun. I am on there on Tuesdays every week. Benjamin Solak and Michael Kiss, the Kiss and Solak show, they just did a, a full first-round mock draft for the SB Nation NFL show, including an Eagles pick, which I think is not a chalk pick, so people mm. go check that out. We actually have the pick of them just here on the BTN Radio podcast feed. We clipped that from that show, so you can check that out. But go check out the whole thing to kind of get perspective on the rest of the league. Um, also, Jimmy, some BTN Radio news coming down the pipeline we have a Michael Kiss replacement coming on the way. I don't know officially yet when it's going to be announced and everything, but that is something the listeners can look forward to here. Uh, and I guess that's it for this episode of BGN Radio. Obviously, we'll continue to monitor the news, and we'll be here podcasting and whatnot. You know, we still have a Zach Ertz trade, maybe, eventually, potentially, to cover. Um, other things to do this offseason. The draft will be coming up. I think the draft is only like 30 something days away jimmy i don't know i lost track it's at the end of april it's april 29th I'll it up while so you're still talking 40 I, I i did a countdown thing that i don't have at the top of my april head. 29th it begins okay yeah so almost a month away and it's about a month it's actually a month and a week all right so <laughs> that does it for bgn radio episode 173 we will talk to you all next time you can follow me on twitter at brandon lee or sorry at brandon gowton 
Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. Follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green. Check out bleedinggreennation.com and phillywist.com, and we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody. BGN. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.